Hello, everyone. This is Sean from the Never Heard of It podcast, and I'm joined today, as always, by my main man, Craig Moore. That's right, and this is our show where we talk about the movies that fell through all of our cracks, but mostly ours. And Craig, I think we got a, an interesting movie to go over today. What do you think? We have quite a movie on our hands today, Sean. I, I agree with you. I didn't see this one coming. You sure didn't. And uh, if you want to suggest some movies that we sh- certainly won't see coming, why don't you find us online at Twitter? We are at Never Podcast. So you can look us up on our very own spiffy website, which is at Never Heard Podcast. We're on Facebook. We are now on Instagram. A lot of fun stuff going on there. Uh, YouTube, where else are we? We're pretty much everywhere. We're everywhere. Pinterest, uh, Pinterest uh, Snapchat. Mm-hmm. None of those. Grinder. <laughs> we're working our way up to Grinder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> as always, thanks for listening. If you want to subscribe, we're on iTunes. That'd be appreciated. You can always leave a review there as well. Uh, so without further ado, let's talk about the Inside Man. There's not a lot of info about this movie. We should say that right up front. But it is on Amazon Prime streaming Mm -hmm. right now, and this is a 1984 movie that I will read the synopsis today from Rotten Tomatoes. The internationally produced The Inside Man was inspired by a true story. In 1981, a Soviet submarine ran aground on the coast of Sweden. The sub was carrying a hush-hush laser search device, which promptly vanished. In this 1984 recreation of the incident... Dennis Hopper is cast as a CIA agent assigned to track down the missing laser. Aided by young assistant Gosta Ekman Jr., Hopper finds himself in a life-and-death struggle with a variety of foreign agents, each with his own agenda. Hardy Krueger co-stars in this rugged adventure yarn. I don't want to throw him under the bus, but Hal Erickson wrote this. I don't know if he works for Rotten Tomatoes I don't. Th- I think yeah. he watched a different movie. No. That that may have been one of the earlier cuts before Dennis Hopper asked them to minimize his role and let the other actors shine. Maybe that's pretty funny. I mean, right. again, we, you know, we do kind of have a movie this time that's I, I wouldn't say disingenuous when it comes to how they advertise it. I mean, it's pretty much Dennis Hopper on the front, and he does have a pretty major oh, yeah. role. But it's not about Dennis Hopper in a life and death struggle at all. Nor is it really about Hardy Krueger as well. well and, and who was Hardy Krueger? Hardy Krueger played Mr. Mandel. Mr. Oh, okay. Mandel. Yeah, no, it's not. Yeah, yeah. that's interesting. They, they, they don't, they, well, don't uh, they sort of don't mention at all the actual main character, <laughs> who's this kid from the Marines. But anyway, we, we, we can get into all that. We will get into all of that. And if you go looking up the Inside Man on IMDb, uh, it's kind of interesting because it points you to uh, the alternate title of this, which I guess is the Swedish title, which is, of course, you know, this is how you always called it, Craig, was Slogskampen. Yeah, that's the correct title. So, <laughs> right. So it's, it's not even really referred to as the Inside Man on the Internet Movie Database, which is kind of crazy. Uh, the movie was directed by Tom Clegg, who is a British gentleman um, who appears to have a ton of TV movie credits. And it was adapted from the book by Harry Kuhlman by screenwriter Alan Plater. And I mention him mainly because any guess as to how many credits he has as a writer, Craig. And he's, he's, he's not with us anymore, so mm-hmm. rest in peace, but this is amazing. I mean, is it just this one? 
It is not just this one, okay. <laughs> despite what you might think. 82 credits listed on wow. IMDb as a writer. And this dude has been at it, or was at it for a very long time, and a very uh, fruitful career it appears to be. Indeed, indeed. And, so, and honestly, yeah. uh, as we'll get into during the conversation, I can understand why he probably has that many credits. Uh, the movie does star Dennis Hopper and Hardy Krueger, kind of in supporting roles. Uh, Gosta Ekman, and again, pronunciation, forgive us, uh, plays Stieg Larsson. Stig Larsson? Yeah. And I said Stieg. Yeah, no, Stieg Larsson, right? Yeah. Um, right. The reason I said Stieg Larsson is because that's the guy yeah. that wrote the Girl with the Dragon Tattoo series. Yeah. And like, immediately when I saw his name, I was like, wait, I know that name. Uh, but this well, that's, is... Yeah, that's what I kept thinking. Yeah. And it, it's basically the John Smith of Sweden. <laughs> it must be, right? And also features, I believe they credit him as Corey Mulder, C-O-R-Y, in the movie itself. On IMDb, it's it's K-A-R-E Mulder. He played <laughs> yeah. Thomas Colleen, which is sort of the main character in this movie. And mm-hmm. I don't know. If I'm going to write the summary for this movie, it would be that a laser goes missing from a submarine. The guy that made the laser... His factory gets blown up after the laser is stolen. Detective Stig Larson thinks that it was an mm-hmm. inside job. So he then recruits Corey Mulder, Thomas Colleen, who is like a Swedish Marine, yeah. basically, to go work for this man that invented this laser as his driver to try and get information about who in that company stole it. Because he has reasons to believe that perhaps Mr. Mandel, played by Hardy Krueger, right. did it himself. That would be closer. Now, mm-hmm. that's closer. The Dennis Hopper of it all is a little, still a little yeah. confusing to me. Because he is very clearly an American in Sweden, surrounded yeah. by Swedes. And there is a line that I wrote down very early on where he explains his relationship that Mr. Mandel has the brains, I write the brief. At least that's what I wrote down. I think this is before I turned the subtitles on. I highly recommend doing that if you're watching it on Amazon. This is not the best sounding movie, period. I I kind of thought a lot was ADR up front, although I'm not sure that that's the case uh, in hindsight. But the subtitles will help you. Yes. And so... Yeah, I think Hopper is somewhat of a liaison for the American government who helped fund the development of this laser because, just keep in mind, we're right in the middle of the Cold War, the height of the arms race between the U.S. and the Soviet Union. Clearly, they want to militarize this laser, um, and they want to have it before the, the right. Russians do. That, is that uh, more that or less it? sounds like the, the gist of it. Right. And as we mentioned in the last episode, you know, the the reason I got excited about this, and literally this was just a stumble upon while looking through Amazon, there's a poster that's pretty amazing, and we'll post that as well, but it's, it's, it's very cool artwork that totally looks like a submarine movie. It looks like 100% James Bond, Cold War, you know, clearly this is probably B-level thriller, spy thriller, submarine yes. movie. And that's why I was excited to watch this. Boy, there's there's no submarines <laughs> no. in this movie. 
except for in that very opening. And I don't know about you, Craig, but like within five minutes, this movie's like, oh boy, like we're in trouble here. That opening is sort of, it's like a photo montage, black and white photos of submarines with some of the worst voiceover narration I've heard. And it's not because it's like written poorly or anything. It's just the way it's delivered sounds totally like it's some like corporate film or or like those like educational uh, driver's ed movies. I don't know. I will say right up front, I kind of crossed over into liking quite a bit about this movie. You know, and I definitely had to get over the fact that there's not a submarine movie. (laughs) This is not a shoot 'em up. This is not Commando, you know, or Predator or anything like those sort of 80s Rambo action spectacle movies. There's barely, you know, a f- like three gunshots yes. in the entire movie. Um, so it, it failed to deliver on a lot of the 80s tropes mm-hmm. that I was expecting, but I did kind of come to like it. But what about you? Were you mad at me <laughs> about like 10 minutes into this movie? Because, <laughs> I, yeah, I got, I got worried that, oh, man, this is going to be a, a you real know, Yeah, I, I was through. hoping for something that was a little more like the 80s action movies, which were low budget. Mm-hmm. But this feels even lower budget than that. Like, this really feels yeah. like... I mean, you, you, yeah, you have that, that photo montage at the beginning of submarines and a voiceover explaining things about how a sub ran aground. Not uninteresting, but, but you do kind of feel like, you know, in different hands, this would have a little more uh, gravity, a little more thrust to it, maybe. It's not very thrilling, <laughs> it's not I, very thrilling. I've seen reviews and it's like, well, it's a thriller without the thrill. Like, and I think kind that's of, somewhat yeah. fair. Well, and I think, that's, I think that's where we get, you know, I mean, the, the, that, that first scene is clearly trying to explain all this stuff that I'm not even 100% sure we needed to know. I didn't follow any of it. I'll be honest yeah. with you. I still, like, well, it, I, was, it just glazed over me. It was an information dump. Yeah, I mean, I mean really there was, was nothing really interesting about it. People were talking... People were saying lines, you know, and this is one of those things that, you know, we're sort of taught at screenwriting school to, to, to cut this kind of stuff out where people are saying things to each other that everyone already knows that they know. Like, like that's the, the cheapest stuff to try and like get across to the audience by having mm-hmm. two characters tell each other things they already know. Um, I think a lot of that stuff actually would have worked better just as a title card. Like if I were reading it, I yeah. would have retained it yeah. more, I think, you know? Well, it, because I was so distracted yeah. by the delivery. Well, and it's a little it. bizarre too, yeah. just in general, because so so in that in that opening bit, they explain all this stuff, and they're going to use the laser to find a submarine. And then the next time you right. see a laser used, it blows everything up. And then later right. on, it's explained lasers are important because they can transfer energy to places that don't like have ready <laughs> sources of energy. Right. You know what else they can do is play DVDs and Blu-rays. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> These lasers can do it all. <laughs> the, the movie is very in love with lasers, which is, yeah. which is beautifully 80s. Like, I love that part of it. But it did, after a while, it was like, well, what? Yeah, like, what? Why do we keep re-explaining things and talking about this laser in different, you know, for, for having different purposes? I it was it was chasing that stuff around a little bit, but yeah, it it felt like a very very low budget action movie to the point where the thing I started kind of imagining was that someone uh, you know would take a rehearsal footage from a big budget action movie, like and it's just it's almost just choreography. It's like here are the stand-ins doing the scene, <laughs> but kind because of, like the VHS look of it 
you know, clearly it had been taken from like a VHS tape and it's terrible inter- interlacing. Like it's a really bad, really yeah, bad presentation. Not a good <laughs> yeah. transfer. And, uh, yeah. And, and yeah, so I, I started kind of thinking it like that. Like, like this is everybody doing it at about 50%. And somewhere, like, it's the same movie because the plot's really not bad. You could, you could really, like, there's, there's, there's enough intrigue there. And, and if, and, and, you know, if they had, plenty of money behind it it would probably be a very different experience so i i think you know you're probably right i i suspect there's some phoning it in on the on the part of uh hopper mm-hmm. and hardy krueger um the only thing i could find about this movie really any any background info whatsoever this doesn't even have a wikipedia page right yeah was in an imdb user review and somebody uh, here i'll just read it it says a rare swedish outing for the late Dennis Hopper during his European wanderings after cleaning up his act, but before being welcomed back right. into the Hollywood mainstream. That's it. And so, cause yeah, it's like, it's a weird thing to figure out. Like you've got a movie in Sweden, one American actor, the whole movie's in English and it's just, yeah, it's just like, I would love to know how, how this movie yeah. happened. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it just, why how who who put this together where like it, it was it just like hopper like i need to work get me in anything you know so i don't go off and do drugs for the rest of and that's probably you know, my true. life um yeah and there's some of that you know and obviously blue velvet wasn't right. long after this but um you know it's definitely you know I, f- I forgot about that and i don't i don't know his backstory extremely right. well but um yeah i think there were some very lean years for him as an actor. You know, I, I was thinking the same thing is that like, you know, this is clearly a movie that maybe he isn't thrilled to be in, but he needed to do something. And I have <laughs> to say for that, you know, ha- having that perspective on it, I don't feel like he totally phoned it in. Like, like the scenes that he would be in wouldn't necessarily make sense. And the lines he had would kind of be like, Oh, that, that must've been really hard to figure out how to deliver that. <laughs> but well, I think you know you do get a couple of those like classic yeah. blow-ups from him or whatever. <laughs> like you know, there's one I wrote down where he's talking with Mandel, who again is the guy that developed the laser and had the company, and Hopper tells him, you know, go to the cops, confess. Obviously, this is after discovering that I guess he staged this robbery himself. And Mandel says, you know, I can't do that. And Dennis Hopper then says, then do the best alternative. Shut the yeah. fuck up. <laughs> yeah. And it's great. And then, you know, he's got some line. Uh, later on, he tells uh, Colleen, you know, when Colleen is trying to, you know, he's the one character that kind of gets left out in the cold. And I thought maybe, you know, the, really the most interesting thing in the movie to me was like, you couldn't even shit on the back of your own shoes. Wow. And I'm sure, like, I feel, he surely made that yeah, up himself, right? Yeah, I would like, guess. I would like, guess. Yeah, Hopper's like, no, nah, I'm not saying that, but I got something better. And then that's what he throws out there. <laughs> Well, maybe this is a good place to get into that Colleen character a little bit. I mean, I got to say, like, let's talk about some of the joys Mm -hmm. of this movie. Then I think one of the big ones for me was that introduction to his character. I mean, you first get like, there's basically just, you know, somebody flipping through still photos of him as the the Larson characters explaining, like, Mm -hmm. yes, he was a soldier and blah, 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 blah. He was, you know, a top ranked amateur (laughs) boxer or something like that. 
And, you know, you're just, you're, you meet this guy and, like, I wrote down that he looks like if Dolph Lundgren and, you know, Footloose era Kevin Bacon had a baby. Yeah. I mean, it, it feels like really good casting to me, actually, in the yeah. sense that you're putting a guy into a situation who can't be smart enough for his own good, you know? Yes. Um, like, he's not going to be the one, you know, they're, I think they're probably not even expecting him to ask any questions at all. He'll just go do this thing. Like, he's a dumb animal, you know, right. soldier, basically. And he's right. not that exactly, but, like, yeah, he right. drives, like, a Pontiac Firebird hot rod, you know? Oh, yeah. And, like, he's, like, there's a great, great scene where, A, he just goes to McDonald's or whatever they call it in Sweden, but it is definitely <laughs> McDonald's and gets burgers and, like, fries um, I don't remember if it was here or not, but he literally helps an old lady across the road. Like, I've never yes. seen that in a movie before in my yes. life. That felt like a studio note, even though I don't feel like there was yeah. any studio involved. I doubt it, for They're sure. Like, Can we make him immediately sympathetic? <laughs> well, what if he helps that old lady across the road? Right. Like, but yeah. he he goes back to, it's either his place, I think, yeah, it's his place, right? And there, there's a girlfriend, and she's already in bed, basically naked, and, you know, he's getting ready to come into bed. And he's telling her he got a new job, but, like, he doesn't quite know what he's doing. You know, he's it's top secret. He's sort of, he's working for a guy, and, uh, you know, he's close to the boss. And she says, you know, how close? And they start making out. And, like, he, you know, he's <laughs> fondling her breasts. And then he says, this close. And, like, you know, it's, it's a lead into a sex scene that we don't really see. But I was just like, it's not that yeah. close. <laughs> like, that's a weird thing. Yeah, that's a weird way to get into like making out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like it feels like one of those things that got lost in translation. That somebody just said no. He would say, "Well, not this close," you know, and then make his right. move on the girl. But like instead, he's just well. And, and and let's let's back up for a second. Yeah, because sure. When we first when we first first meet him, I don't know if I, I, I guess this is a, is a good question for you. Lay Were you me. confused by this scuba diving scene that we first saw him in? God, yeah, I totally forgot about that. Um, yeah, no clue what what happened there. There was some sort of test. He is with yeah. another diver. There's a net. One of them gets caught in the net. One of them cuts the other person's tube. Right. He comes up, and then there's an explosion in the water. <laughs> yeah, th- that's exactly it. So I'm watching this thing. So Larson has said he, he needs this kid. And then the next thing we see is this kid. He's, he's clearly on a training maneuver. So it's exactly what you just said. Here are these two characters. They put on their scuba mask. They go in the water. So immediately, once they're in the water, you cannot tell either one of them apart. Nope, not at all. I was assuming uh, 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 what's, uh, Colleen is the first guy. So he's the first guy. He goes up the net. He cuts the net. He gets his foot stuck in the net. And the other guy seems to be trying to get him out of it. And then he cuts the air tube on Colleen's uh, scuba equipment and then and then yeah like like just like puts a bomb next to him or something I had no and swims away clue yeah yeah so I was like oh my god like like they're they're trying to kill him and then I thought oh well wait a second is this like is this staged by Larson somehow so then it'll seem like Colleen's dead and that's how he's gonna be an inside man because like no one knows you know like a racist past or something but then he just comes back to the boat and he's like we gotta go because <laughs> it's gonna explode right and then they, they drive away, and I'm like... And so then I was like, okay, well, so it was just a test. Like, it was just yeah. that... You expect the unexpected. Like, it, that's but what happened to the other up, scuba diver, right? 
Well, but here's the, well, no, the the other scuba diver was the guy who did it. And he just went and got back in the boat. I oh, thought, he was already in the boat. Okay. Yeah, he was just in the boat waiting. I missed that. So I thought, oh, this is a training exercise. And like this is how hardcore these guys have to be. And then the scene after that, all of our guys are naked in a sauna. Yep. And, Forgot about and that. Our boy Colleen is pissed off, and he punches one of them, and that's how he gets kicked out of the Marines. And I, I mean, I was just, I was very lost in, in, in any of that. <laughs> some towel whipping. Like, yeah. Yeah, like. It just needed like some clarification. There would have been, would have made everything great because it seemed like a good sequence. But I just couldn't tell anything that was happening. Yeah, you know, and in some ways, even if that was a test, yeah, why there was no right. situation that he was going to be in as the driver for this dude, where he, they're basically just asking him to snoop around the house that Mandel oh, lives yeah. in and find stuff. Yeah, no. that's pretty much the extent of it. Where would being able to scuba dive through nets and explosions come into play yeah. in, in that job description? I don't know. So all of that was pretty bizarre. I don't remember what happens next. Yeah, no, no, I don't know that it's necessarily that important. But I do think, you know, again, the setup of that character totally feels like you're getting, this is your Jason Bourne guy. He's the guy that's going to be pulling the trigger on some bad dudes. And, right. you know, he's going to satisfy that kind of action um hero model mm-hmm. and he doesn't and that's actually I think we should just skip ahead and just talk about it in general that's what I liked about the movie is that the basic premise of you put a guy in place to work undercover and he's not good at it and he gets outed yeah. and it does somewhat ruin what they were hoping to, to do and but he's yes. not you know and he's left out in the cold by by all parties involved Mm-hmm. I thought that was kind of cool and, and that the movie then kind of in that third act moves on to he's sort of operating on his own, you know, and, and yeah. trying to still because he's just left with so many questions. His apartment gets ransacked. You know, he's got people yelling at him because he screwed this thing up. He got outed trying to take pictures. That's what sort of kicked me over to the side of liking the general concept of this movie. And and I kind of liked that actor, that Corey Mulder guy. I mean, it just, yeah. you know, he was sort of like the perfect naive guy to be in that in that situation and, and I did sort of have sympathy for him. You know, you get this thing where he almost gets killed and the car goes into the lake or ocean or whatever it was. Right. Baxter's trying to kill him again. Yeah, that wasn't bad. And Baxter was pretty good. Yeah. I, I thought there was some interesting decent performances yeah. there. I like the Larson guy that um Sure. Yeah, I thought he was pretty good. Yeah. I, I love that there's a shot of him picking his nose while he's on the phone. Yes. <laughs> For some reason. Realism. We should go ahead and say, like, the whole thing ends up kind of being pointless because it's revealed that the laser doesn't work. Like, it burns out the rod, whatever rod they're using for energy, burns out after a few hours or a day of usefulness. Right. So... He was basically trying to keep the perception of its value high and sell it to the Russians at a very high cost before they figured out that it was actually worthless. Right. How did that leave you? Because <laughs> on one hand, it's kind of cool. And on the other hand, it's like, like this whole yeah. thing meant nothing. Well, yeah. I mean, it, it's true. And, and I think it, it may be specific to this movie. And how I feel by the time that's revealed. Mm-hmm. Like, by the time that's revealed, I think, oh, well, that's that's interesting. Because I kind of don't want to watch a chase for this laser 
anymore. Right. I don't really care, and, and, and I've kind of lost the thread a little bit at some point. You know, Larson's bothering Mandel and those guys at a hockey game <laughs> while... Uh, you know, Colleen is is chasing people down as Firebird, and I and I don't even I don't even like I didn't even really, uh, and I probably just missed it because I probably tuned it out or something. But it, I kind of lost the the idea of like, is there a is there a clock people are trying to beat? Is 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 uh, I don't is there something yeah. they have to stop by a certain time? Or uh, I, I just I I, I kind of gave up on on thinking about that, and I just figured, well, I'll just watch and see what happens and, and so st- when they revealed hey yeah we you know we know we're doing this you know this this thing is broken and we're going to sell it to the russians and somehow we don't think that'll ever come back on us and i still don't quite get dennis hopper's involvement in all of that like why no. is he still a, like he knows exactly what happened yeah and what went on like is he trying to get a percentage of that sale to pay back the U.S. government, or I don't know. That didn't bother me mainly because I always felt like his involvement was that this technology was really important, and so as an American, he wants to be in bed with the Swedes, right? And who doesn't really? Yeah. So that—that's all I was thinking. Is like he's just trying to going to be a close ally because they have this technology and the Russians don't. Yeah. Well, let's talk for a second about that very last shot of the movie because it does end on the Colleen character. Um, which I think is a wise choice, but, you know, he comes back downstairs from his apartment. His girlfriend is in the shower, and they have a little playful thing. He's going to go work out at the gym. Mm-hmm. And he gets in his – he's got a new, like, vintage convertible Corvette. I don't know what the dude is doing for money. I have no clue, like, how he's getting <laughs> these cars. Yeah. He heads out. There's, like, totally happy music. I think there was an actual song – written for the movie called The Inside Man, if I'm not mistaken, oh, during yes, that part. It was, yeah, Sean. totally yes, a great eighties song. He pulls off. He is clearly being followed by a Mercedes that was parked a few cars back that pulls out behind him and then you freeze frame. <laughs> right. And I I I, I, That's I don't your favorite ending. Freeze yeah, I do I yeah. love a freeze frame, but I don't yeah. I don't know what to like I don't have any guesses whatsoever who's in that Mercedes. <laughs> No, like it doesn't. Yeah, like why is that even happening? Like, yeah, I can't, I can't make an educated guess. Like I really can't. You know, um, it felt like his his involvement was done. His job right. was over, and he should have just gone back to his life. Like, I, I yeah. there's no way they would use him again. <laughs> well, yeah, what would it even guy. mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it feels like that's probably what it's supposed to mean. I guess. Yeah, it's like they're they're still gonna keep watching him. Because they might want him to do another thing, but but you do kind of wonder why would you want him to do another thing? He wasn't that good at doing it the first time. No, like, like why would he be the guy that you'd want to do it? Besides the fact that he, you know, I mean, he certainly showed persistence. Uh, you know, it's not like he was he was worthless, but but yeah, and, and then coupled with the song being so peppy and upbeat, mm-hmm. it was a little confusing that last shot. <laughs> it definitely was, but I will say, like you know, again on the whole, I kind of. You know, I, I sort of crossed over to enjoying this thing, even though, look, I don't think there's any, like, fooling anybody that this is any sort of vital piece of cinema. But I, I was left kind of thinking about the possibility of, of telling one of these, like, undercover stories. Like, even just imagining if something like The Departed, you know, if, right. if DiCaprio had been busted, like, halfway through the movie, like, how different that would look, you know, and, and what that mm-hmm. would mean and how that would change. And I'm not sure. I feel like somebody else has probably done that in a more sort of involved situation where it's not kind of, 
you know, like it is here where you don't quite see how it all plays out and falls down. I don't know. There's something to that thread. I think, you know, it, it, it's, yeah. it's definitely a twist on that template. I think of, of the undercover cop or, or the informant or the mole or the inside man, basically. So yes. I don't know. It was, it was an interesting experience. It was, you know, there's a good reason maybe why this is a forgotten movie of the eighties. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, you know, because of that, what you get from these kind of movies is you'll, you'll get those kind of inspired moments of insanity or just uh, bizarro world type stuff. For me, it seemed like he went to have a romantic dinner with a woman who seemed old enough to be his mother. Yeah. And they were eating uh, crawfish. Yep. I thought this is this is one of the least <laughs> romantic dinners. Like it, it's like it's like uh, what is it? Because she goes and asks him out, and I wrote down, "Is that his mom?" And then and she's no, like, "Yeah, she was the woman that worked as like the secretary for Mister Mandel, right. Therese." But yeah. I had no idea there was like heat between them. No, and then his girlfriend yeah. comes into that scene at the bar and sees him with it, and she's like, "Well, did you tell her about your herpes?" And then just walks off <laughs> like you know, no big deal. And then you see her later naked in the shower, and they're clearly they're living together, or at least yeah. sleeping together. It's like Sweden uh, is a swinging town, man. I guess so. Um, but uh, but she, she she says, "Do you do you like uh, do you like crayfish? Do you like crayfish?" <laughs> He's like, "Sure." And then it's just a like cut to close up, yeah, <laughs> of just crayfish and just open it up, eating that stuff, and uh, yeah, Aphrodisiac. really bizarre. The, the other the other bit I really liked in the edit was, and and again, I have no idea what was going on or why anything was happening. But he was somewhere, and the girlfriend drives up in his Firebird and gets out. Mm-hmm. It was like a and parking garage, wasn't it? I, I thought it was like a road. I thought it was like under okay. a bridge or something. Yeah, and, okay. And he says, I missed you. She says, me or the car? Then it cuts to the uh, the other car that he's sort of been pursuing, driving away. And, he, and then it cuts back to his car, and she's standing by herself on the road, and his car is peeling out and taking, out, taking off after it. <laughs> and I couldn't stop laughing after that one. <laughs> I just loved that. I missed you. Me or the car? I'm out of here. Oh, man. Yeah. That was Interesting relationship there. Um, Yeah, at one point, I think after his apartment has been ransacked and he got beat up, Mm -hmm. he goes to her, like falls into her apartment, and she helps, like, you know, bandage him back up or whatever. And he's like, I need the keys to your car. And she's like, why? And he's like, because he recognized the Pontiac. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> and like the way he says Pontiac, it's like first of all, you know, just hearing that it sounds sounds weird and funny in 2016. But he's oh, so adamant, he was working hard. Yes. One of the other things that really made me laugh, and this is so stupid, but the dogs in the movie, the Dobermans yes. that Mr. Mandel has, mm-hmm. a it's just like obviously pumped in sound effects of like a constantly growling dog. Yeah, but one of them's name is Jim. I've never in my <laughs> life heard anybody. <laughs> Name a dog, Jim. If I'm yes. wrong, please tell me. But um, God, I was like, that is great. That's Calm beautiful. down. Easy, Jim. Easy. <laughs> Maybe in Sweden that is like a good dog name. Because... Oh, yeah. No, it's beautiful. <laughs> I, I uh, especially it. for a fierce guard dog. But yeah. um, the the other bit that I really enjoyed, I feel like it was way too short, was when they had to teach Colleen how to use a computer and what yeah. computers do. Great. Yeah. So that he can go load some stuff on a disc. Stores and information I mean, on a disc. That like this. Is beautiful. Yeah, it's just a huge floppy disc. I think there's oh, like an Apple IIe or something in there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, some nice throwback stuff there. One one question for mm-hmm. you. I don't want to get caught up in this, but Mm-mm. there's kind of a cool scene 
where there's a man clearly on the roof of something mm-hmm. looking through the sniper rifle scope shoots who I later learned was Blom or Bloom, the character who yeah, was I the had or- no idea what they was doing there. <laughs> the original, dri- okay. The original driver for Mandel was fired. Oh, that was him. Yes. Why did they kill him? I don't know. Cause they already had, they already like put him away on drug charges. Like he was yeah. fired. They got him fired. They yeah. planted drugs in his place so that they could then put in Colleen to replace him and be their their mole. Right. But yeah. Then somebody somebody killed him. <laughs> yeah, I didn't get that scene at all. But anyway, maybe okay, it was, yeah. I don't. I think maybe it was Baxter, but I'm still not sure why Baxter. It's certainly would, Baxter shooting. Yeah. Yeah, but why? I don't know. Okay. Well, don't know. I'm just making sure I didn't miss anything. But 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 you know, and, and that's the thing. Like that was one of those moments. That actually, had a really good shot. Yeah. Like that's a and, total and, and, and I thriller felt like, movie. Man, yeah, like like there's there's really some good potential here, and it was it was mainly, I mean there were, there were several good things in the sequence, but I love the way it ended where he walks out of this church from where he just shot this guy, and he kind of just walks past this like I don't know was it a group of people who had just gotten married or something yeah they were doing the photos them and the photographer and like mm-hmm. yeah I I don't know. Well, I look forward to your fan edit. I can't wait to oh, see how many submarines you're able to get in there. Oh, there's going to be a lot of submarines. Yeah, at least a minimum of 12, I think. And Dennis Hopper is going to be on every single one of them. Well, I will say, speaking of Hopper, one thing I got excited about, and I'm going to thank this movie if it pans out. Um, I did see, just you know, again, trying to scour for information for this movie. There apparently is a DVD release that has this movie, The Inside Man, and a Dennis Hopper-directed film called Out of the Blue, mm-hmm. which that had also slipped my radar, but... That looks really, really good. I watched the trailer for that. It's got Linda Manns of Days of Heaven fame, which you know I've only seen her in a, you know like yeah. two things. Period. Man, that looks awesome. I think Amazon's got it for like five bucks, <laughs> Prime yeah. shipping included. So I might, I might actually splurge for that. And then, you know, if you ever come over to my house, if you're listening to this <laughs> and you want to sit down and watch the Inside Man, we can throw it up on DVD. We'll have a good time. We'll get some popcorn. Make it happen. Some Swedish fish. I think that would be good yes, to have with apropos. it. And we'll have a good time. Uh, last thing I'll say about this movie, um, Hardy Krueger was not necessarily a name I knew. And again, mm-hmm. he plays the, the Mr. Mandel character, the scientist who invented this laser. A, he was born in 1928. He's still kicking, apparently. So good on him. And he was a member of the Hitler Youth. Um, you know, he was 13. And he joined the SS Army. And then somehow, you know, look, that that, that happened, obviously. Um, I don't know. I don't think he had any allegiance to that particular movement. Later, went on to be in, you know, he was in Barry Lyndon. He's in Hatari um, with John Wayne. He was in The Flight mm-hmm. of the Phoenix, you know, with Jimmy Stewart. And Sundays, and I think it's Cybele. I, I can never pronounce that correctly. I'm sure it's something else. Uh, interesting, he got nominated for a Golden Globe for Supporting Actor for Flight of the Phoenix, I found six sites that all said that he refused the nomination. None of them said why. <laughs> yeah, no clue. In 1965, weird. I couldn't think of anything else. Maybe, you know, sometimes that happens at a protest over something, or, you know, maybe there's some German-written biography about the guy floating around that we could read <laughs> through a translation and find out. In um, Barry Lyndon, he played Captain Potsdorf, who I vaguely remember. It's been a couple years since I've watched that. But, yeah, i got to um, see that again. Yeah, pretty awesome. So now I think we learned a few things. 
about Sweden as, as individuals. Yes, and uh, actors and whatever Slogskampen means. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say check this out if you're adventurous or if you're just floating around Amazon want to watch something fun from the 80s. Or if you yeah. love Dennis Hopper. Yeah, if you love Dennis Hopper, he'll definitely satisfy a few of those moments for you. Mm-hmm. And um, he's not in it long enough to really annoy you. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Hey, Sean, let's talk about next time. So, Sean, I have a list of movies here. All right. I like lists. I like movies. We're going to see what happens. Now, there are several on here that I think you probably have heard of. Mm. Mm. Uh, and I'm going to start with one that I'm almost positive you have to have heard of. Okay. I would never make that assumption, but go ahead. I hear you. I mean, it's, it's really not an obscure, obscure movie, although I don't think people talk about it much anymore. Have you heard of the movie? Max Dugan returns. Um, honestly, no. <laughs> really? Yeah. Is that bad? Did I just commit a major movie faux pas? It's it's surprising. Here's the thing: it's from the early '80s. That's okay. I, I like having an '80s double feature here. I, I heard so much about it when I was a kid, and I never saw it. Max Dugan returns, stars Jason Robards. Donald Sutherland, Matthew Broderick. I like all those people. And Marsha Mason in Did, Neil Simon's Max Dugan Returns. I like Neil Simon. Let's watch this. Where can yeah. we where can we sit down and check that out? So you're gonna find that on Netflix. Great. You know, if you've already seen it, watch it again. Revisit this classic that I've never seen and Harwell has never ever heard of <laughs> in his life. So you can count on me, dude. <laughs> And then we'll meet back uh, next week and we'll all watch Project X together. Oh, great. As always, find us on the internet and come say hello and keep the suggestions coming. We'll, we'll jump back on a couple of those very, very soon. Some of you guys are so good that you suggested things that we can't possibly find. <laughs> yeah. Unless we like go buy a DVD from Zimbabwe. That guy down the street, yeah. We appreciate that, but... If you're gonna do that, and you you can also like throw us a link to where to we, to where we can get this movie, that would help too. So, um, but thanks so much, obviously, and Very everybody, much. be good to each other, right? Hugs. Yeah, it's been a crazy, crazy, crazy month. So, yeah, that's true. all right, next time. Next time.